they're leveraging that large amount of spend and, and potential investment to get the best possible cost per impression. Now, SPO is really all about how can we kind of replicate that ability to leverage buying power um, as a means to drive cost efficiency in a world where everyone is kind of on that even playing field, if that makes sense. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, where we cover top programmatic and digital news. I'm your host, Ellen Parker, your very own programmatic sensei. Thank you for joining us. And before we get into today's conversation, please do me those three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on social media. We are currently on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and very soon to be on YouTube, y'all. And finally, sign up to the newsletter on the website, programmaticdigest.com. It sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. Hey, Sean, welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, and thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. It's always nice to be uh, invited back somewhere, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You made at least a made at least a decent impression the first time around. <laughs> I was going to say we had so much fun last time you were on and um, consider you're like almost a cousin of the podcast. So uh, <laughs> thank, thank you, you for making the time this is, for us. This is not a, it's not always the easiest subject to have fun with, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh you really have to like purposefully try to make it fun sometimes, I think. But uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So last you were on here, you were uh, at Teats. Now you are at PubMedic. So you're That's now right. a senior director of Ad Solution at PubMedic. So before we get into supply path optimization, the sell side, um, any any new innovative updates that the, that industry or that side of the industry um, has that you're going to share with us today. Can you give us like a good intro? Tell us where, um, what you're doing now and um, maybe talk about that journey between in the last year and a half. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's been an incredible journey. Um, yeah. I, at Pubmatic, I'm overseeing some of our largest agency, Holco, uh, relationships. So I'm kind of on that side of the business from a demand perspective. So Pubmatic is a supply side platform. And I think, you know, historically our focus was on the publisher side more so. And I think just the way things have evolved, and we'll get into this a little bit, I'm sure, um, from an SPO perspective and from just the general need for buyers to be closer to their supply, uh, it's created this need for SSPs to be much more focused on the buy side and really pushing out like bespoke tools and solutions for the buy side. And Pubmatic has made a huge commitment to that. So that was a real driving force in me uh, coming over to, to Pubmatic at SSP. And um, it's been an incredible year and a half so far. And, and it's just so exciting the things that we're bringing into the industry um, from an innovation perspective. Uh, you know, <laughs> as you know, we even we became public in December and uh, following that IPO, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, new rules as a public company in terms of uh, disclosures and what we can talk about. And, you know, we're so far on the cutting edge of technology that in the in the programmatic uh, buying ecosystem that, um, you know, we have to almost be a little careful in, in some aspects about some of the things we talk about, because we're doing things that simply haven't been done before. And I think we're thinking about that ecosystem in ways that previously haven't been thought of. So um, super exciting time to be here. And, and, Looking forward to getting getting into it with you over here. That's really cool. Yeah, I was uh, following when you guys went public, so that was a really cool move, in my opinion, of course. But I'm very, very uh, what do they call it? Bullish about those type of things. So um, yeah, yeah, 
it's a pretty it's pretty exciting move for PubMedic there and um, definitely support and then looking forward to what's next for you guys. So with that aspect, we are going to talk about supply path optimization today, uh, this week. I mean, today, this week in this episode. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about an article you shared with me called PubMatic is selected by Group M as a global preferred SSP partner. Um, so um, let's dive into the article. Um, what are some of the driving forces behind these kind of supply path optimization deals? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think the the foundational thing that's happening here is that you know advertisers and and agencies, especially you know large holding company agencies, really want to have a better and you know more transparent understanding of where their advertising dollars go. That's yeah. that's really the foundational thing that's occurring here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than anything else. Um, and there's a couple of different aspects to that. Um, one is is eliminating any supply partners, SSPs that uh, aren't really providing long-term value, right? So if, if you're working with a supply partner and you can't really, uh, as a buyer, you can't really easily understand or explain how they're adding value into your supply chain, I think if nothing else, it's time to at least like evaluate that relationship and determine, you know, is this, do I need this extra kind of pop between uh, a publisher's inventory and uh, like a demand side platform, for example, like where what is each stop between those two uh, providing value, and where is that value? And if you can't easily say say where that value is being provided, then you know I think you do need to kind of look at that relationship a little more closely. And that goes back to the transparency piece. Right. Um, and what and what's happening is you know the buyers are now consolidating to just a couple of key partners that mm-hmm. can collectively provide them with all the different inventory and tools that they need to fulfill their marketing objectives. And it's really just like kind of untangling and and simplifying um, what can often be a really complex web uh, Mm -hmm. of that kind of programmatic supply path, right? Um, And the last... No, go ahead. The last last aspect I think is, is, um, you know, using kind of these performance-based real-time algorithms to optimize your your ad spend. Uh, and a good example of this, which I think we can probably get into a little bit later, yep. is uh, outcome-based bid shading, for example, which is a really innovative concept that I think Podmatic is really on the leading edge of. Um, and, and that's just a great example of using kind of performance-based real-time algorithms like true programmatic optimization mm-hmm. um, techniques in order to optimize that ad spend. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to a minute to tell you all about my birthday challenge. I'm celebrating my birthday month and I'm doing a birthday challenge in looking for five additional clients to sign up. I'm the founder and chief programmatic sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting LLC. And I specialize in increasing the efficiency of my partners, my agency partners, by 25% on average. How do I do it? By providing comprehensive media strategies auditing operational workflows to help programmatic and digital media teams at excelling and managing client campaigns and thriving in a happier work environment. The last 12 months have been difficult for all of us, and agency teams might be feeling burnout from round-the-clock campaign management, keeping up with this industry trends, and learning new platform capabilities. This kind of fatigue leads to human errors that can be easily avoided in the future. With my help! So, I'm focusing on helping as many companies as I can as I begin a new 
year of my life, another year of my life this month. Can you help me help you or someone you know that could really benefit from my services? Email me at info at ellenparker.com. That's phonetically helenparker.com. Enjoy the rest of the conversation. Um, the other kind of overarching thing that's happening here that I think is really foundational to the move towards supply path optimization by a lot of these large buyers is that if you think about it in like a header bidding world where there are unified auctions, right? Meaning that like there's not prioritization being given to one buyer over another. Everyone's kind of on an even playing field, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, these really large media buyers have kind of lost that ability to leverage their spending power in order to get better pricing and drive cost efficiency in their supply. And so, you know, you think about like any aspect of a big business, right? Like how do, how do big businesses handle their supply chains? Like they're constantly looking to drive down their costs wherever they can and improve margins. Mm. Um, and I'll give you like a very uh, current example of this okay. that, that I thought of this past weekend. So, you know, this past <laughs> weekend's Memorial Day, right? Yep. It's a great American holiday and tradition that we really kind of missed out on last year due to COVID. And, mm-hmm. you know, so people are trying to get together for the first time in a year and a half to go to barbecues. And so, you know, w- with that in mind, uh, excuse me, vaccinated barbecues, fully vaccinated. <laughs> we're, we're only doing vaccinated barbecues. If you're, not, yeah. if you're not, not vaccinated, I don't want you in my barbecue. But let's say... <laughs> Let's say that we're having, you know, two dozen vaccinated people over for a barbecue for Memorial Day weekend. I need to buy hamburgers and hot dogs for two dozen people, right? Mm -hmm. My expectation when I go into the store, knowing that I have to buy dozens of hamburgers and hot dogs for all these people, is that I'm going to pay less per unit or per burger or dog, if you will, Mm -hmm. than someone who's only buying for a group of four people, right? It's just classic economies of scale. And so, you know, I think a a media example of it can be found in the linear television world. When you think about, um, you know, large television buyers who want to kind of leverage that uh, huge budget that they know they're going to spend with certain TV network, let's say, for example. And they're leveraging that large amount of spend and, and potential investment to get the best possible cost per impression. Now, SPO is really all about how can we kind of replicate that ability to leverage buying power um, as a means to drive cost efficiency in a world where everyone is kind of on that even playing field, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So you you dropped a lot of good knowledge in the last maybe four minutes. So let me break it down here. So yep. you talked about three aspects of SPO, which is value, transparency, and then um, partnership, I would say, right? So in terms of value and transparency, and I guess partnership, what would a good partner, what would a partner with value bring to the table? How can we identify that? Oh, yeah, this is definitely a good partnership. Like this is something I want to continue um, leveraging or not at all, like or just cutting them off, basically. So because again, I'm more on the buy side. The type of SPO I do is via DSP. Or yep. if it's a direct publisher, it's very consistent to the goal that I'm running yep. for the campaign or the client to the client that I'm servicing is running. So what would be another good way to really give us exa- give us example about like valuable partnership supply path? Yeah. So I think what, what's happened in the industry, um, mm-hmm. particularly in the last year or two, is that demand side uh 
you know, supply optimization mm-hmm. ha- has occurred first in many instances. Like okay. I think buyers, I, I, I think, I think it's just intuitive to buyers to look at that demand side platform, for example, as the, the first thing that they wanted to optimize. So let's find the best possible platform that's the most aligned with our buying objectives. Right. Um, but then I think they looked beyond the demand side platforms and they noticed, you know, there's kind of this, what we call the ad tech tax, right? That's, that's like the dirty word for it, right? With the, <laughs> the hops in between like a publisher's inventory and that demand side platform. Uh-huh. I think what, what big buyers are demanding now is for each of those kind of hops in between um, to really justify whatever percentage they're kind of taking out of that overall uh, dollar per impression, right? So, um, so it's really all about like everyone in that ecosystem and that supply chain providing value. So, a great example of this is like one one exciting thing we've done at Pubmatic is we have an audience encore platform, right? Which allows us to actually work with a lot of the publishers where we have relationships and leverage that publisher like unique exclusive publisher data on top of the full breadth of our supply, right? And so that is a significant value add in that supply chain, right? Because it's the unique audience that maybe you didn't have access to through that demand side platform. Okay. Um, and so you're willing to, to work with that SSP partner and have them be a part of your supply chain, knowing that they're adding a unique kind of targeting capability into, uh, into the supply for you. And then, and then that helps you kind of justify the cost. So that's just like one small example. There's a lot of other examples where SSPs can add value. And I think like, Outcome-based bid shading is another really exciting one where I feel like we're on the leading edge. And, mm-hmm. you know, being able to bid shade not only based on the fair value of any given impression, but also mm-hmm. on the outcome that you're actually trying to achieve and the likelihood of any given impression to achieve that outcome, uh, there's there's another way where I think SSBs can provide tremendous value. So I, I think it's just all about justifying the hops uh, in between buyer and publisher mm-hmm. and you know, and increasing transparency, just so the buyers want to be able to say, this is why I'm paying this uh, tech provider or whatever yeah. um, that sits between the me and, and the publisher. So um, I had a question. Okay, here it is. Uh, so bid shading, explain what bid shading is and why it's important for the sell side and the buy side to understand that for the, for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for myself, great. of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so bid shading is essentially, it, it can be done on the demand and supply side. And actually, we've done some research and, and released some cases showing that, you know, bid shading can add value on both sides of that supply chain, right? So okay. you can do bid shading on the demand side through your DSP. But when you think about bid shading on the SSP side, we have that historical knowledge, not only for, of the auctions that the buyer's been exposed to, right? But of all of the other auctions that have taken place across all of our publishers. So we have a really, really good idea about the fair value of any given impression with any given publisher, right? And so what bid shading does is as that bid kind of passes through our ecosystem, we will actually shade it down a bit to be closer to the fair value for that impression, ultimately delivering that that added value back to the advertiser, right? Um, And and the outcome-based bid shading is kind of like bid shading 2.0, if you will. So now, not only are we leveraging that historical knowledge of the fair value of any given impression, but we're also taking into account the likelihood of that impression at achieving a certain outcome. And the way we do that is the advertisers will actually kind of send us those performance indicators and the performance data that they have available. Um, and, and we're starting to automate this process even with certain DSPs where it's actually automatically kind of being passed to us 
Um, we feed that knowledge about uh, performance indicators into a machine learning algorithm, which just continuously gets better and better at shading those bids, not only based on the fair value of the impression, which is just like standard bid shading, but also taking into account the likelihood of any given impression um, at achieving a, a stated outcome. So like a great example of this is we worked with, uh, we actually released a case study around a large computer technology company. It, you can probably guess who it is. Try really hard. There's only a few of them, but um, <laughs> a large computer technology company like successfully leveraged this in order to improve like the cost per acquisition of their laptop and desktop computer customers. So knowing the fair value of an impression at achieving that cost per acquisition, as well as um, the performance data behind it really is a powerful tool. And again, this is a way that uh, uh, an SSP partner like a Pubmatic can really provide a ton of value in the ecosystem and really, you know, justify the, uh, the, the fee that we're taking out of the, uh, you know, the ad dollars. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if I understand the benefit of bit shading because to me, it sounds like second price auction because you're saying that you're shading, shaving. What is it, shaving or shading? Shading, shading. the okay, yeah. sh- um, the price to match the value of that impression, right? Yeah. Well, it's getting it closer to the fair value. So what it attempts to do is shade the bid down to to the extent that it provides a little bit of extra cost efficiency to the buyer, but not shading it down enough to where they'll lose the auction, right? So the idea is to create cost efficiency without reducing win rate, if that makes sense. Okay. And that doesn't sound like a second price auction. Like, you know, second price auction, we price a penny above the the second highest, but... It's not technically a second price auction. No, it's still a first price world, but it's, it's it's kind of getting you closer to second price. So... I think like the 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 thing about when header bidding became very prevalent um, as we moved to first price auctions, right? Um, buyers lost a lot of that visibility into understanding like what they could have bid to one because previously to your point, you just paid a penny over whatever the second highest right. bid was, right? Mm-hmm. Now you pay what you pay, right? So bid mm-hmm. shading attempts to kind of bring back the value of the second price auction without having an actual second price auction. That makes sense. Got it. Okay. All right. And so the value of that is that now you're paying a fairer price uh, exactly. for, for, for that auction without becoming not competitive enough that you might lose the auction, basically. Yep. And how is that resonating on the supply side? Because I'm thinking they might, it's less revenue for them, right? The publishers that we're bidding against. Because to us on the buy side, we're loving it. We're paying what we're supposed to pay. But I would yep. think like for a publisher that got excited for of a, that got excited based on the first price auction, which is just a, you pay whatever it's bidding on, the highest price, they will gain more revenue. Now they're not. How is that? Well, our, our take on it is that creating a more transparent ecosystem where uh, the fair value is really dictating what that buyer ultimately pays for any given impression, ultimately making the ecosystem more efficient and, and, and transparent through things like SPO and through bid shading We'll, we'll create, as we create a more efficient ecosystem, that will drive a larger volume of spend into that ecosystem from the buyers. So ultimately, we feel publishers will actually end up making more revenue um, if we implement these things. Because as we make the entire ecosystem more transparent, more fair, uh, more money, in theory, should flow into it, right? So pulling away from kind of 
linear channels and, and non-programmatic channels into programmatic, knowing that those auctions are, are much more fair now, I think is, is the ultimate goal of it. And that's how publishers will, will ultimately benefit from it um, from a, in terms of you know increasing the percentage of the advertiser's overall budget that goes to programmatic and therefore makes it to them. And um, I know in some of the notes you're sending me, you talked about how it compares against traditional TV, but the TV up front. Can you just elaborate some of um, what you were sharing with me? Yeah, sure. So that's like the whole idea behind like large buyers mm -hmm. of any given thing, being able to leverage their buying power to get the best possible deal. So in an upfront world, again, like if you know you're going to spend a certain amount of budget with those large TV networks, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you want to leverage that to get the best possible cost per impression, right? But in, in a programmatic RTB world, that there's no way to really leverage that buying power, right? Like you're just, you're in a, a singular auction for every given impression. Um, and, and so you're not really able to leverage that buying power. And the way you can leverage it through SBO is again, by negotiating things like, like buyer fixed fees, right? So having a consistent and predictable kind of SSP fee built into your supply chain, which helps from a budgeting perspective. It helps from an efficiency perspective. Um, and, and that's like one way you can sort of leverage that buying power in a programmatic ecosystem where you're not buying all the impressions upfront, if you will, the way that you do in the, in the linear TV world. Gotcha. So I guess that's a good segue into the next and final uh, question for the segment. Um, let's talk a little bit more about log level data. Um, so what are some forms of SBO that have proven popular with like buyers? Yeah, yeah. Well, log level data is a great one. I mean, I, I think for starters, like the fixed fee concept has, mm -hmm. has really resonated well with buyers because it, I think that large media buyers, like with any other aspect of supply chains that they deal with, like mm -hmm. if it's a, a QSR restaurant and they need to buy hamburgers, I don't know why I have hamburgers on the brain today. I must, you know I must what? Really You're going to have a bomb barbecue this weekend. I can tell I you. Know, I know, I you know. You better know. send me a picture of whatever, whatever you're cooking this weekend. <laughs> it's going to be bomb. I will. Most definitely. Yeah. So, but, you know, if a, if a QSR restaurant wants to, needs to buy a million hamburgers, why should they pay as much as the person at the grocery store that's buying a, a full pack, right? Like, yeah. and, and that's just the basic concept here. So uh, these fixed fee deals have been really popular because it just allows more predictability in that supply chain. And I think big businesses want to have a really good sense of the cost of any mm -hmm. given thing that they need to buy, right? So mm -hmm. it really helps in, in that regard. And, and the way we structure these deals a lot of times is like a tiered system. So it kind of incentivizes higher spend levels from the buyers. And as they hit or they pace towards those higher mm -hmm. spend levels, those fees will ratchet down, right? So it's a way for, for uh, kind of for like upfront type buying to sort of occur in a way, but um, in a, in a programmatic RTB driven system. So I think the fixed fee deals have been really successful Makes on sense. the outcome based Makes bid shading, sense. the outcome based bid shading, which we kind of talked about already has been really, really successful. Okay. Um, and then getting into log level data sharing. So mm -hmm. log level data sharing is a is really uh rapidly evolving area of supply path optimization. And it's a way that I think ultimately, this is the way that SSPs can provide the most possible value mm. um, to buyers. And the reason is log level data sharing really allows buyers to kind of open up the hood of that truck, let's say, and, and really like get a look at the engine of the kind of programmatic supply path. And mm -hmm. that kind of metaphor makes sense. And, and so, you know, SSPs have access to data points that simply aren't available on the DSP side, right? Um, the fact of the matter is that 
On the demand side, you're only exposed to the bid stream data to the extent in which you're involved in, in that auction, right? You don't have exposure to the other buyers that are in any given auction, but SSPs do. So we know not only what you as a buyer bid, we also know what the next highest buyer bid, for example. We also know how many people bid in that auction, for example. And these are all really important factors to kind of optimizing bid strategies, right? So ensuring that you're not bidding too high by having a really strong understanding of that bid stream data and, and of those auction dynamics between mm. all the different buyers. Again, very important uh, in a first price world. In the second price world, this was not as important because you just subtract one penny and that's what the next higher, highest bid was, right? But in a first price world, you don't have visibility into that. So I think that's that's a, another really strong aspect of, of uh, SBO that's really just kind of uh, starting to take hold now. And, and we're really just having those conversations with a lot of our largest buyers right now and, and consistently evolving mm-hmm. the different fields and pieces of data that we're supplying. But again, these are all incremental to the data that you have through your demand side platform. And you I, know, in the example, in the article mm-hmm. that we shared, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the agency, one of the agencies we work with very closely, Goodway Group, uh, actually leverage log level data to to do exactly what I just said, which is to yeah. optimize their their bid strategy. And and when they did that, they saw twenty eight percent reduction in, in cost per acquisition mm-hmm. uh, for a certain buyer, forty six percent reduction in CPM, and one hundred and eleven percent increase in the impressions won. So you can see how across mm-hmm. the board it improved every aspect of their of their programmatic buying. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just that level of transparency and mm-hmm. visibility. The, the yeah. other way it can be used is um, the other way it can be used is just to kind of audit those SPO deals. So, in other words, like if we tell you that you know you're going to be at an eight percent fee, for example, I'm just making mm-hmm. this number up, but yeah. <laughs> you want to actually be able to go in the logs, audit that, and be able to see that you kind of did what you said you were going to do from an SPO perspective. So gotcha. that's another so it way definitely that it gives can be used. like this really highlights what you were talking about earlier. The um, a uh, it highlights the uh, transparency. You were talking about transparency. Yeah, yeah. I got distracted with the Zoom Zoom alert. <laughs> no but, uh, yeah, I think you know buyers just want to know. They they just want to they yeah, want to have course. insight into um, the auctions they're participating in. Which Absolutely. again, this is not something that necessarily we're going to do with every single buyer. It's something we're mm-hmm. doing with strategic large buyers um, that have that spending power to leverage in order to to unlock some of these different types of. Uh, of supply path optimizations that we're talking about. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Oh man, that's great. And for those who are listening, um, we will have Sean's information, uh, how to reach him, the, both of the articles we mentioned today, some of the highlights of the articles in our show notes, in our social media, and also we'll have this video, um, and we're recording the video, but this is the audio version and the video version. Wait, there's of the a video? Podcast. Yeah. I'm on video? <laughs> you will be on YouTube too eventually, uh, a day after the audio goes live. So not to oh, worry. Wow. We he shared so many gems, and I will have it all in writing for those who like to see it visually. Um, so so and of course you'll be able to reach out to Sean. So Sean, let's go ahead and close. Um as you know, I like to ask some 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 fun facts type of question, but Instead, uh, what have been, because of the last year being in pandemic, working from home and being a little bit more quarantined than we wanted to be, what have been one thing or a couple of things you do every day that just helps you keep yourself zen? I know you're like a very personable person. I mean, you're an amazing guy out there, always like 
you know, very charismatic. So what happened, something that gives you the way you are being away from like that people interaction? Yeah. I mean, one of the great things has been, you know, I don't have children. Most people would say this about their kids, but I have a dog and being able to spend so much time with the dog every day um, has been such a, such a gift. And, you know, I mean, to take a little bit more of a serious note, I'm honestly just so grateful to be in an industry and and in a position in my career um, to even be able to have had had success in my career and working during uh, a time when, you know, frankly, a lot of people are struggling from both the work perspective, financial perspective, emotional, mental perspective. And, you know, for me, I just feel like the, the luckiest person in the world to, to be able to work in this industry and to um, really have that, not even missed a beat. In fact, it's been like a pretty successful year for Pumatic in particular. So yeah. just feeling very, very fortunate and uh, grateful. And, you know, being able to spend extra time with the dog has just been icing on the cake. And I'm really, honestly, very concerned about how she's going to feel when we start oh, when going go back, back into the office. office. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's not good. going to be a happy dog yet. She's just going to be so confused. She's going to look around like, where, where? Yeah. Now I just get walked a couple times a day and that's it. What's going on here? Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Yeah, we do have a dog. I have a daughter. She's 13 months old. But um, we do I know. Have a Congratulations. Dog. Thank you. Thank you. We have a dog. I think that was I know. since the last time we spoke. <laughs> a lot of things have happened. Oh, yep. my gosh. That was fun. Um, yeah. So we have a dog. He's a pit bull husky and his name is Zeus. And he's just so he's so spoiled right now. <laughs> I know. He's so spoiled. He's one of the best babysitter I've ever seen. Like if she does, you know, we were juggling working from home and handling the kid. So he's the best babysitter ever. He'll just have to show up and she'll completely be quiet. And then when she's not around, he'll like start looking for her. So it's been, it's been a <laughs> blessing. I, I appreciate what you said about being grateful for what we have and working in the industry made it like this technology is ad tech. We're able to work from almost anywhere. So that's like yep. something very grateful. So thank you so much for joining. We had so much fun. Um, guys, Sean is probably going to be back because um, there's so much, so many more questions I had and I wanted to be mindful of his time. Um, this is an evergreen, like ever moving industry. I mean, publishing the SS, the sales side is not something I'm very good at. So I, I'm definitely going to keep bringing more speakers and more guests and Sean will be back for, for more enlightenment and dropping some major, major magic on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us, Sean. Thanks for having me again, Helen. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining the conversation and we hope you enjoyed it. Please do us three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on all social media. Sign up to our newsletter on the website, programmaticdigest.com, which sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. For any articles, topics, and the guest information, you can find it in the show notes on our website, programmaticdigest.com. Thank you and stay curious, my friend.